West Limerick 102. The following is the podcast of County Views. It's broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 16th of June 2021 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan at Sean Diffley. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Good evening, listeners. It is Wednesday evening once again, and Jason waves his fist out here to stop gabbling and get tuned in. <coughs> Tom Ryan is very welcome indeed. He's even on time tonight, which is very, very welcome, shall I say. And Sean Diffley is here with us as well. <coughs> and there was a lady supposed to be here as well. The ladies, I find, are not that very reliable or punctual sometimes, but hopefully the lady will turn up. And... <coughs> Of course, we're only four days away from the longest day of the summer of 2021, and we haven't had too many blue skies so far this year, but God is good to see. And, uh, of course, you're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM. This program is called County View. is going out live every Wednesday night, including this Wednesday night. Repeated tomorrow, happens to 11 until 1 o'clock. And it's a live program, so if you want to text in or dial in or WhatsApp or anything you like, 0696600 and 0876969800. And Jason Smith is our producer, and he's waiting there for your messages. So if there's any topic on anything you want us to discuss or talk about the panel on the night, feel free to call in on 0696600 or text in 0871669800. And as I said, I'm joined by Tom Ryan, Sean Diffley, and, <coughs> and I no point in calling out the lady's name because she doesn't seem to have appeared yet. And of course, Jason Smith, as I said, is there ready, willing in April for your messages. I suppose the biggest news of the week <coughs> seem to be the mica they call it this time it was pirate a couple of years back and uh, cement blocks and crumbling houses mainly donegal and, and mayo and a little down in county clare to say as well <coughs> and the cement blocks that were used to build the house they have been described as wheatabix blocks because when they get wet they just crumble as and of course, we have regulations, we have engineers, and we have more regulations now to do anything than we ever had in our life. And yet this type of situation can happen. Private houses, maybe a thousand or so to say, costing to replace one to two billion. You have bought private houses, commercial and farmyards, etc. So anything that was built in the period of when the whole country was in a so-called boom, they couldn't get up fast enough. The banks couldn't get the money out fast enough, and we all pay, as, as uh, in the Kenya, I think it was said, we all parted. So there was some party going on that time when they were mixing the blocks. Sean, the blocks. Well, Pat, from my point of view, I can't understand <clears throat> how there wasn't test done on all this uh, making of ready mix and uh, mixtures for the blocks. 
because I've seen a lot of construction in my lifetime and there was a time and if you supplied concrete to any marine uh, building work going on they had to make up so many test cubes which were sent to be pressurised to see what strength they were now, I mean, if that happened to be done with some of the plaster that they used in Donegal and some of the blocks they used, and I mean, I can't understand this, that people are expected to fork out when that should be definitely looked into and people shouldn't be expected to pay twice after this kind of work. Now, it's the same if a farmer allows effluent to flow into a river or something that way goes on. He'll be hauled over the coals. But I see none of them hauling the men over the coals who provided concrete for some of the farmers' yards. And they have to go out now and redo the job <clears throat> because they're in danger of, of being prosecuted for this. Sure, no country could be run like that. This definitely has to stop. This is this this is very bad. I mean, a few years ago, I remember turning on the television and seeing where a part of a motorway went down in Spain. And when it was proved afterwards, they found that there was mud inside in the cement. And of course, when pressure came on at heavy traffic during uh, rush hour, the whole thing went down like a stack of cards. And I mean, there has to be some comeback when you produce something that isn't up to standard. You know, I can't figure that out that with all these engineers, we, we never had more engineers, we never had more law, and yet we never had as much lawlessness. So I think that they should suck it in now and somebody should be made pay for this because it isn't the people's... Um, problem uh, directly. It's the companies that pro produced this that didn't produce it to a proper standard. They should be held accountable. Isn't it interesting that we drive around the countryside and we see big houses, two and three hundred years old. You see castles still standing. Maybe the storm might have blown a bit down. They are three, four, five, six hundred years old. And uh, standing and with all the engineers, experts, government guidelines, EU regulations. Now they're producing cement blocks, Tom Fitzgerald described as wheat mix blocks when they get wet or moisture they just crumble in your hand. This is a shocking experience, you know, for the people concerned in particular, you know, you'd feel very sorry for for people that are living in those houses now that pay the top dollar for them. And to be honest about it, you think this only happened last week. This is going on for the last 20 years. And the fact that it has come to head in Donegal, like, I mean, is, is another really, it's a disgrace that it has been a drag on for so long. I mean, the scandal here of, of, from the quarries and the actual contractors themselves, you know, that uh, left the mess that they have to leave in the bathroom, like, is unbelievable like and the trauma that's been, that's been caused to people and their children their families and that they have to come to Dublin to, for the protest and that the government no and the, and the taxpayer and the exchequer seemingly have to pay a bill that no one appears to know what will be it could end up like the children's hospital this could be end up with five billion because anyone that thinks that this is remote and this uh, Donegal and Mayo and, and are 
that's not the case at all. This this is nationwide in Limerick City and Clare and and, and I'm sure Sean has rightly said you put it you hit the nail on the head, Sean, in every farmer's yard as well. They paid dear for the concrete and paid dear, you know, and there were there were no tests carried out. That's that's a fact. That's been proven. Sure, I mean what's happened, and uh, the quality of the material was spurious. Now I always uh, understood, and I'm not anywhere like experienced in building, you know, but I'm listening a long time to the bonding situation that all these builders were bonded and that uh, that the manufacturers were bonded, and some of these manufacturers now would be some they'd be into the biggest companies in the, uh, in the stock exchange, not in Ireland or London, but New York as well. They're worldwide and they're huge, massive conglomerates of companies, some of them. More of them would be small operators. A lot of them went into liquidation to get out of there, but they don't can dive and, get, uh, and vanish. The insurance companies haven't, haven't actually stood their ground either, but, should it, but then again, anyone that has anything to do with insurance companies or that would have any that would have any deals with them like when it comes to claim like and like you'll be you'll be in for a big surprise and especially at the moment with the restrictions that they're putting in front of people and the way they can none and and uh, you know it's an awful mess and you know what what I'm actually surprised with and annoyed with as well is to blame the government should the government have nothing to this this is this is like I mean you think that that was behind Martin and Leo Veronica rather building the houses. Where are the builders gone? Where are the supplier? Where are the quarry owners gone? Where are the big, the big multinationals gone? Where are the insurance companies gone? Should they have to accept the responsibility? But of course they won't know because there's a, there's, there's a factor of this too long ago. We haven't the detail. We haven't the, we haven't the records. And we're in liquidation. It is an awful mess and it will be an awful mess. And of course to make it, to make it really know it is in, it, uh, as a political like hot potato again, Sinn Féin are in the act. You, you think that they were going to build them, like, you know, that, that, that they were the only people that were, that were actually concerned. When really and truly, the whole country, like uh, Sean has rightly said, an awful mess. And, and the way it's been run at local level, at a national level, like with the people that have been paid to do a job and for the, for the check and for the in actual fact ensure that quality is there. There's an awful message, but it will never be sorted. Only what will be done, there'll be an endless spill to go on and on and on, and there'll be no intent because it's only starting now. And, you know, they're saying that it will be two billion. This, as I said already, could be five billion. Hello, be pa- Hello, Pat. Does the panel feel <coughs> that the state should cover the bill for the Michael problem from Sarah Jones in Eskaton? So we were nearly in before you there, so Sarah, with that particular question. Sean, Tom said that you can't blame the government, but there's regulations coming out of our ears. We have a, a, a company, it would seem, uh, was it Cassidy was the name of the company? I mean, this com- I, uh, me, uh, yeah. Pat, I mean, this government, like this present government, were not yeah. there. This is going back 20, 25 years, <coughs> going back that into time. That's what I meant. I didn't mean that, yeah. that the government didn't want to blame due to yeah. the fact that the regulations and the, the, the the, the, the non compliance with the regulations, you know, but and no 
answer to that. The company that supplied the block stated that they complied with all government regulations in regarding the, the, the material gone into the blocks. Number two, they didn't have any insurance. They're still operating, I understand, that company is still operating, and yet, uh, as I've said in the past about auctioneers, which I am one, that we got a letter some years ago, I've said it a few times, I must frame it up in my wall in case I pass over to the next life without people realizing what they said. They said if you don't send back all your documents, that, that is your application form properly filled up, your public liability or, or professional indemnity insurance, and your accounts plus any other document. And if you fail to include all of those when you're applying for auctioneer's license, you will have to cease trading forthwith and there is no appeals process in that situation. Tom, was that some statement to give us out? And yet these people, with costing billions, two billions, possibly more, there seem to be no law, no regulations, nothing at all. Well, I can't understand one thing, Pat, about all this. When I built my house, I built it myself. Now, I could be told, oh, you're not entitled to a grant. And there was a law there to deal with Sean and his grant. Now, where did the law come for what is supposed to be in the mix? What's the ingredients? for this great ready mix that we're paying all the money for. I remember getting a yard and putting down a yard and I was told, oh, this is a special stuff for yard. This yard will never ravel, won't do this, won't do that. And I see now that the yard I have has about 12 cracks, like a spider's web. And I paid top dollar for that yard. And I wasn't allowed have eight months credit renting that way. You better have your money in your fist and you're dealing with us. That was the attitude. Because they were a big international company and they didn't want to know of fellas like Sean. Being an old man like myself, I, I looking at old houses and ordinary dwelling houses and the slates was perfect. There was straight as a die. I know people who have taken off slates and remodeling houses. The timbers were as good as the day they went up. You look at many of the new houses, they're just uh, not well done. I have to be careful how I word that particular one. They're not well done. But th the people had pride in their work. People served their time as apprentices maybe for four or five years. Even working in a shop, you had to do three or four or five years. As a builder, you had to do time. All you need nowadays, Tom, I think was a tax clearance certificate in the way you go in most things. Yeah, you've hit the nail head up, you know, because like the the craftsmen and the stonemasons that were there, you know, uh, really, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even, they checked those blocks before they put me number one, you know. They, they'd actually know by, by one tap of a hammer that they were only rubbish, you 100%. know. <laughs> now, I mean, the amazing thing about it is, recently, we, there's a big case in, in, the, in the pipeline about a huge mansion that was built in Ireland, and uh, the stone, it came in from England. The owner bought a quarry in England, and, and he brought in the stone. And now the stone, like like everything else, when it was a, a, it was a copy of, of I would think of a big uh, 
else place in in uh, some part of England. I wouldn't be that familiar now with this, this area, but but this was supposed to be a copy that built with the same over the same quarry. But to see to the same quarry, right? But the craftsmen that built <laughs> built the one, uh, you've hit the nail the head, Pat. Dead on the ball. They crowded that here, but it wouldn't know a stone from a concrete block, from uh, you know every tony, show it up put mortar in it and cement went in and it should have been actually mortar. You know, in, in, in this and, and out is weeping and out is a, there's going to be a big case and probably was the High Court, you know, all, all over the same thing in a bigger scale. But it comes down to that and it comes down to quality. It comes down to interest and doing your job. And you see, the point about it is that our, our services here, all they want to do is hit this small man. Like you said, there's a lot there for you but if you're a developer and if you're like a kind of a, a one of these people that appear to be involved in everything you can do what you like there's no regulation for you you know and you mentioned there a while ago Pat Michelle <coughs> uh, sorry you mentioned about people if we had a pollution problem we happen this time of the year now you're you're effluent to come from yeah, a silage pit a run up into a river into a drain and into a river and Rightly, it's a serious matter, and you will be fish killed to be on the first idea of the first area of the nose in the morning. To be, you would have the yards out. You would be fine at twenty or thirty thousand. You'd have to have to pay for the restocking of the river and all this, and you'll be you you'll be nearly criminalised over it. Although it was excellent, we have all now. I have a situation at the moment, and it's good job to mention now, as you did mention it, it's just brought back to mind, where we have a major, a major effluent sewer spill out of the industrial state in Raheem. Major one. And uh, this is this is ongoing. This has gone on for years. But last weekend, it, they really let it go altogether. Unbelievable stuff like. Idea, Limerick County Council, EPA. A crowd of phonies, a whole lot of them. They're a disgrace. They're not doing their job. You know, really and truly is what, you, is what happened here. The people that were detailed, the developers and the actual people that gave the permission for those houses, definitely were not doing their job. They weren't supervising it. They weren't actually checking the quality of the stuff. And now we have an awful mess. Well, I have the same. In my area, I have a dairy farm in Munger. And it's an absolute disgrace to have been treated by Limerick County Council. First of all, you can't can't even don't answer the phone. Kieran Lehan is head of services. I, I, he, he, he's not available for the last four days. Could be contacted, if you mind. His understudy, not available either. He was sending me back three times a day and never rang me back. They're, I, they're an absolute disgrace, that's what they are. These people that are highly paid with big pensions. They're not doing their job. Would you and not get on to the county councils then to make contact as they, as the they, county are, they are your representatives, the county councillors? They're untouchable, uh, uh, Pat. Pat, I'm glad you asked me that question. You're, you, you, as I said, television, the politician. Yeah. Because I'll tell you, Dan Sweeney from Patrick's Well, he photographed the effluent three weeks ago, a month ago. The storage, he photographed it, went in, do nothing about it. Uh, Collins, like was acting as well, he saw the damage, do nothing. Well, I wouldn't say they do nothing, but they got over. They didn't get any hearing. Uh, Butler, 
he do not know about it. He knows about it. He has all the details. This is an absolute disgrace. You're dealing with the biggest companies in the world. These, oh, we hear about them. You know, you, you have Annie Lau, you have, you have Regeneron, and you really have to bend your knees when you mention their names. And all these people above them are in the state and, and, and the IDA, like, and they, they are managers of the state. This is an absolute disgrace. We tolerate it in no country, in no European country, in no modern and have the local papers not picked up on that? They, they have. Well, the local papers, like, I mean, the leader will, will run the story, like. Now, Tom, I'll come back to the housing situation. As we said a little earlier, that the quality and the workmanship and the apprenticeship and the pride in their work seems to be long gone. I built, my wife and I built a new house, got a new house built 25 years ago. And home bond was mentioned there recently in relation to the thing in Donegal. You paid uh, uh, maybe 100 or 200, was 100 at that time. And when I checked with my builder, uh, was he registered for home bond? He told me he was. So when the house was built, when I walked down along the hallway, you tapped the uh, hall with your fist and you got a hollow sound. And as time went on, you heard the hollow sound became more hollow. And the next thing, the whole lot, the plaster off the hall inside the house fell off because there was no scudding, if you remember that part. I of the do, of course. Yeah, that's, you're right, Pat. In the 2008 you know, period, right. you just slapped it up, yes, get out yeah. of there and come at me later on. Yeah. The, the doors, some of them fell off the hinges and believe it or not, and when you put on the lights upstairs in the bedrooms, you didn't need light out in the hallway because there was so much light coming out through the jams of the doors. That is the kind of workmanship, sadly, that we've finished up with in Ireland. Yeah, I, I'm very familiar with all houses in, in every sense of the word and you can walk up the stairs gentlemen and listeners and you wouldn't get a squeak. We did an auction in a house them some years ago and we couldn't let anybody upstairs because the stairs were so squeaky and the floor was so squeaky upstairs and the house wasn't even 10 years old that they'd come down through it would be like Camedy's Hotel of Longo. Yeah. So yet we have all these engineers, regulations and checking and the standards seem to be way, way off from what it was 30, 40, 50 years ago. But will you answer me one thing now, Bori? How is it that if I'm putting in a septic tank or if I'm putting in a treatment unit, it has to come up to a certain standard and they'll come out to me because I'm an ordinary Joe Soap. But yet, the council who are responsible for some of the town sewerages are gone directly in, untreated, flown into rivers. And if you get a fall of rain, and you're in a hilly area and it hits <coughs> a certain point, it flows out in the road out of two, two tanks. Yeah, I had to, uh, reasoned, know, I, had in, to, I, I can't understand this. I had reason to walk by the river bank here in Newcastle West just last week and there was raw sewers going straight into the river. Well, Pat, you see, this is due to the fact that your local authority, like, and the, the employees and the, <coughs> the, the senior engineers and their operatives, like, I mean, the, the man working, like, on the, at the corporate face, he's only w w operating the instructions. He's doing a good job. It is the people, the responsible areas, the managers, the actual CEOs now, the, our county councillors are definitely, as Liam Galvin said, they have no say. Well, I can well understand after dealing 
with the people that I've been trying to deal with. Now, I'm not saying I'm trying to deal with them. I can understand how they're frustrated. But the point about it is they've been paid. And how long have they been paid now? But they're looking for settlements and they're looking for pensions as well. On top of the day, 8,000 or 9,000 that I've forgotten. And it's only, the whole thing is a racket run by phonies who are sitting in offices looking in, into into computers and laptops and that's all they want and they're locked there and I know an individual working in the city council and all he, his main occupation his main worry was would soon fly die or something or retired that he'd be able to park his car I mean can you imagine the mentality of the people that I dealt with this week and that I have been dealing with for a long time now not this week alone in the public sector but the idea the EPA the, the, the guardians of our of our, of our environment to, to deal with them. One of them said to me that they had North Valley County Council and they gave them three weeks to reply. If well, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't actually believe it unless unless it happened to yourself. Unless you had, you'd actually begin to doubt your own intelligence and was your mind going to deal with these people? And it's an absolute. And there's no one in charge, like nobody whatsoever. A, a lady told me today she spent a long time on the phone with me and she said she was in the services, uh, services, uh, uh, liaison services. And this person I spoke to and explained my position. She said I will get. This, this man to ring you back but since he hasn't rang back for three weeks so I, I don't think he'll ring back he'll be he's at a meeting he'll ring and receive me I wait for that call all evening never came I rang I rang at quarter to five looking for the girl and she was at a meeting she didn't answer for one either I mean this caper like that's going on in, in, with this council with Limerick City and County Council and the idea and the EPA but if that was me if the show was in the other foot the girls would be out and, and you'd be in the paper you'd be on morning island tomorrow morning big fish kill in Limerick this is an absolute it's naked slurry storage going into the Bernakyle River and flooding and, 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 and destroying land on both sides including mine and this is and you have no no place to go there's no one except responsibility they won't demand the phone there would, seem to, be, there would seem to be a, a, a development I suppose you might call it or a trend I think would be more appropriate for to use that, that, that these bodies they don't reply anymore you, I've written them on different topics. You know, we have a situation where it was the case. I don't know if it changed or not. But if you a commercial property, you're renting it to a tenant, and they don't pay the rent for three or four years, and the, the owner of the property rings up the Mid City County Council to know have the rates been paid. You're told that's none of your business. We're only dealing with uh, the, the, the tenant, and five years later when the tenant moves out or four years he moves out and, and there's four years rent due then, and only then will be told that now you the property owner is liable for the rates that that tenant never paid for four years but when you'd ask him along the way was it paid or not they wouldn't tell you yeah but you see Pat and then he makes sense out of that you couldn't make sense out of that because you see that's, that's the way the way it's, it, it, things are going at the moment and when you look at, at, at I don't know is it 28 how many councils are there and and what is supposed to be in total? What their what their duties are and what they're costing, and uh, and they sat down inside at, at a meeting the other day. I think it was there was. Uh, 
they wanted to change the what you call the not the from the, uh, they wanted to change the planning or something in an area outside the at the at the north side adjacent to the new road now you see this new road is is another thing now this has to be it's a, it's it's being gobbled up at the side of the land now and they wanted to change it the the status of it from from industrial to actual to to uh, house development, you know, the, the, from 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 light industry to house. They said they were in there for that already. All the councillors sitting down, and uh, they're all being coached. They're all being coached. You mean by the officials what to do, what to say? I mean, we I mean we know that here, like and from a bit old consultants. And 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 uh, so, but they could do that already. But they couldn't uh, actually stop uh, like a shortage, uh, like escape from the industrial state right in. And one engineer, if you don't mind, to make it la- to, to, to add injury to insult, I mean, I, I'm around a long time and, and, and I've dealt with a lot of different situations. But a man came on to me, he's, he was, he was you know, supposed to, he was sent by Kieran Lahan, who is director of services, who can't be found now. And uh, he said that he was, he, he didn't actually know the location of what I was talking about in Raheen. He said, I was attached to the city council. He didn't. He didn't know Raheen. Would you believe that? And he and he'd been paid for building the city county council. Oh, just before we go to an ad break, which is coming up to ten o'clock, I, again I would suggest to people, as I referred there, in my own house under home bond, and it applies in any. People have got to be very very careful whatever you're dealing with, and you should keep copies of everything. In my case, as I said there, that I had asked the builder was he in home bond, and he said he was, but when I had my problems with the doors falling off and, and the plaster falling off the wall. When I got onto home bond, I wasn't registered at all. So there had been a fee of 100 euros, which the builder at that time was supposed to pay. It was never paid. I had lived assuming that I was all right, that it was covered, it wasn't covered. So people, you've got to double, double check everything, keep copies of everything. And last night on the television program, home bond walked away from this particular one. The company had no insurance. They took it to court and then they realized there was no insurance. There was nothing to get. So you just cannot be careful enough in whatever you're dealing with. Don't assume that it's all been above board because you could be caught at a later date. Keep copies of everything and double check everything and don't take their word for it. Make sure you even in the case of home bond at that time, the builder said he was registered for home bond. I assumed in the house we were building would have been in, but it wasn't. So you've got to do a lot of, you just can't sit back and think that everything is happening. So our thanks there to Sarah Jones for asking for the comment on that one. We have a number of more messages, so I'll call them out just when we come back after the outbreak. And if you want to contact us, 0696600 or 0876980, and we're here live until 11 o'clock on Westland. 102 with Sean Diffley and Tom Ryan and my name is Pat O'Donovan and the lady who is missing we won't give any name for her tonight County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors Limerick and Newcastle West for all your legal requirements phone 061 314 948 Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors tod.ie
You are listening to the podcast of County Views, the broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 16th of June 2021 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan at Sean Diffley. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, listeners. Hello, uh, Pat. The topic I'd like you to put to the panel, what is the talk about? What is all the talk about the G7 summit? Who are they and what do they do from Charlie O'Kane in a dare? So we'll come back to that one, Charlie, now. Next. Good evening. Padraig Cronin here in Cork. I have set up a podcast recently called Parley with Padraig Podcast. I have recorded a two-part interview with my good friend and your panelist this evening, Tom Ryan. Part one is premiering in on YouTube at 10 p.m. this Saturday night, the 19th of June. I give West Limerick 102 a mention in it also. You will be glad to hear in the introduction. If you can give a mention, it would be hugely appreciated. Done. And the next one is Hi All. Hi all. Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael are determined to impoverish the lives of ordinary citizens over the next 10 years with their farcical climate change policies they are pushing through in the doll tonight. You've been warned before now what to expect from them, something I have highlighted in past elections, but people not listening. These policies are another attack on rural Ireland and the farming sector. They see no problem importing beef from South America while they are gradually driving farmers out of business. Their focus is to make farming in unviable for smaller farmers and leave large swaths of rural Ireland without any farming activity. Imagine it is the fella who told us to grow salads on our windowsills who is behind all of this and it suits Fianna Fáil and read more it says. I don't understand the read more bit and there's no name in it. Hi all. Uh, I assume that last one was from Christy Kelly because the next one is high all as well and <clears throat> of course Christy was a candidate in the, the county council election and many people were very very disappointed that he did not get elected uh, one can pass the in this country without regulations, where were the regulatory bodies and their agents when the micro-homes were being constructed? Looks like the taxpayers will be paying for the failures yet again. The silence from Tom Powlin in all of this scandal is deafening regards Christy Kelly. He's the Irish Builders Federation. I think he was former leader of the Farmers IFA once upon a time and then he moved on to be a politician and then he lost his seat I think and then he moved on to from farming to the head of the the Federation of the Builders of Ireland and of course rightly so there isn't a word out of them uh, Sean. Well, I wouldn't expect that there would be a word out of any of these people because if you have a vested interest, you keep your mouth shut. You can burn what you like in this country, you can do what you like, provided that 
they don't cop on to you too quick. Like we can bring briquettes from Russia or from Germany and they create no smoke. And yet our own briquettes are dirty. I, I'm not joking you. I get so fed up of looking at this carry on. Like, are we all a bunch of fools? Because we're all going to end up paying this in the long run. And we should say, stop. There's a law there for, there must be a building regulation and for what goes on. Because everything else has a law. And I'm certain sure that if you, and I know for a fact, if you're doing anything to do with marine, the first thing that's done are building a bridge, they'll test that concrete. Now, why aren't ordinary houses, why are they being left open to being abused and blackguarded by these, these people who are providers? They're providing nothing. They might as well give you a dose of rot. Because yeah. that's what we seem to have more inspectors and then regulations and engineers than we ever had in our life. And uh, just two things that come to, my, to mind, and I'm sure if we had more time to think, or Christy Kelly there, that thinking man back in Timpent Lantern, he might send me in a list of men, Tommy Graney, another man, that is a good man to make out a list of things because we have a list of the, all the different types of taxes we pay in this country, which is over 45, believe it or not, different forms of taxation. Tommy and myself put it together some time back so we must update it but asbestos if you were doing a roof some years ago and if you wanted to put on galvanize on, on the back kitchen in back in the 50s and 60s you wouldn't get a grant except you had asbestos or indeed felt and then an, another great idea that came up with was underground heating pipes underground and then when they leaked they had to dig up all the cement floors again so we have it non-stop Tom this kind of expert advice and and the next thing it blows up in somebody's face and, and uh, the misfortunate householder is the one carrying the can at the end of the day. Should, <coughs> this is evidence now, Pat, of what's happening now. You know that um, we've had, I've been around long enough and I've worked in the city and I dealt with all these um, consultants, architects, engineers, consultants and, and you nearly have to bow down before them. They were so important that they, they were in the city council and on the county council and they were, they were you know, they, they actually put the point about it is that there was no one there was there was never anyone held to account in this country for for, for negligence and there never will be because it's not in our culture it's not in our nature to, for to have anyone responsible for what's, what's happening like at, in in that area you mentioned Tom Palland you know he hasn't been seen none of the, the huge big contractors that were there building roads at their own prices like back back in the boom areas you wonder about the, wouldn't you wonder about the bridges now that are crossing those motorways and the, the underground the, the underground structures and all that you'd have to wonder about that about every day because this Mike and I like on Micah I think that's a mineral actually it's not put in it's a mineral that, that, that is in the ground like yeah. so but but and it, it isn't put in designedly or it isn't put in to make a cheap product or anything but it's something that, that that has that has arrived and, and is is actually in the product but to see with no testing as you are rightly said Sean no testing no quality 
quality control and no supervision. Only loads of blocks coming in, loads of concrete coming in, and no one didn't. If it when something goes wrong, as has happened now, I, it's, a, it's an awful tragedy for families and for young children and for the worry and the, the whole, you know, pieces fall off. The, but that is a nationwide. That's not, this is going to be a, a total financial disaster. Maybe as big as the banking collapse, like if, if the throat will come out, it will eventually, but there'll be no throat on it. The exchequer will pay for it. Now, last night it would seem Fianna Fáil had an Ardish, sorry, Fianna Gael had some kind of an Ardish. Uh, Vlad Cotel's party Ardish unification <laughs> can happen in his lifetime. And then we have another one here. Uh, so Varadkar wants to branch the Fianna Gael in Northern Ireland, doesn't he? know they already have one. It's called the DUP. That's my good friend Christy Kelly. Uh, a lot of criticism there this morning. The, the timing in the Northern Ireland and the Brexit and the whole lot is in a very serious tinderhook situation. We had writing and burnings back there some months ago. You're coming up to the 12th of July, and Leo Varadkar throws out this thing about United Ireland, Sean. The timing wouldn't seem to be too to smart, would it? Well, I don't think I'll see it in my lifetime. I think that there's a lot further down the road than the way that they're using. But this always comes up if there's anything else contentious going on in the country. Bring up this, you see, and throw it out as an old red helm to keep the people busy thinking that we're going to have a united Ireland within five years. You won't. You won't have it in any of our lifetimes. And there's no, there's no point in we cutting ourselves. Um, What's the act, Tom, do you think? Well, really, truly, yeah, he, from time to time, you see, that, that, uh, his advisors, of course, got him to throw in that, you know, as Sean says, the red herring, like, and it's coming at a very bad time. But, you, you see, there's a fear factor here, and there's an awful lot of, of um, coming down the road in the, in the north itself. We're not making a great job of running what we have here ourselves before the talk about taking over and, and including the north in, in a new country and a new constitution because we haven't, uh, we're held to run, we have, to be honest about it. And uh, because we haven't, the, we haven't the people with, with the competence to do it. And we are dealing with second hand officials at every level. So we can forget about that. But the other aspect of it, the serious aspect of it is that the northern, the northern situation now is in tender hooks again. And it looks like as if with this protocols and the northern and the Brexit situation that's going to be used now as well for the I mean for the UDA and, and all this those associates of the DUP, they're in disarray. So the whole political situation there is in an awful situation, is in a bad situation at the moment. And you know, you'd wonder and hope that things will that someone will settle down and then you're dealing with a, a hit case in England like and that uh, we heard his his aide come tonight, Dominic Cummins coming over another list of his of his uh, works with Johnson and they're laughable and it's an absolute awful situation where you have an idiot like him sitting at the G7 sitting at the, at the NATO table and a world leader and a pure agent you know like you wonder what's I don't think we can all. agree with Tom's comments there no I, I cannot uh, the, the topic hello Pat the topic I'd like you to put to the panel what is all the talk about the G7 summit who are they and what do they do from Charlie okay and in a day thank you Charlie for that one Sean G7 the meet every uh, so many years 
is every five years. Well, as far as I'm concerned, they're able to do very little because they spend most of their time, like, if you look at coming up to the G7, we had the President of the United States poking nonsense as the Russian. So, I mean, this is another form of red herring. This, this thing of shove it out to the people there and we'll con a few people. And the whole thing will be in a disarray. And as far as I'm concerned, that's a lot of nonsense. Europe needs its own army. The whole idea of we being out there and having no means of defending what uh, countries we have to defend. And I mean, some of the nations in Europe are quite small and they wouldn't be able to afford the kind of security that it would uh, need. And so you need NATO. And, you know, when the Brits wanted to pull away, they were prepared to pull the plug and everything. Do they realize that if they did pull away, the back door is left open? You can't carry on that way. They've always had to be some kind of an alliance within Europe with a backup from the Americans. Two world wars surely proved that to them. Yeah, the G7, it is made up of the seven major countries of the world, Tom, isn't that? Yeah, the G7 is, uh, is made up of the, the seven Big biggest seven. economies in the world, yeah. you know. Now, uh, I mean, America, like, and they meet ever so often. And, uh, you know, it's as Sean, I agree with a lot of what he said there, and I'm an advocate of the European Army anyway. But unfortunately, like, again, it's a talking shop, and it's a, it's a protocol for these world leaders to meet because the community of the G7 there was very little constructive there was a, so I think they, they pledged I think it was a billion uh, doses vaccines. of vaccines can you imagine that like I mean that, that the G7 that would be one of the highlights of the thing they did actually discuss the the, the Brexit deal and <coughs> the Northern Ireland Protocol that was discussed and it's no harm to discuss that because but then again Mr Johnson he agreed that that, that the, nothing would happen they wouldn't got out the door when he was back to his own ranting again then they moved over to NATO and NATO as Sean again is rightly said is badly is badly funded I mean Trump didn't he wanted to disband it and uh, now it appears to be consolidated again but I'm afraid again that it's a talking shop as well and uh, and because NATO like was put to the pin of the collar the time Russia invaded and uh, their their skills uh, were to Ukraine and uh, you know and they do nothing about it they were talking and it's and you see unfortunately now you have the G7 you have the EU you have the NATO you have the United Nations and you have the you, you have the Security Council and they all appear to be talking shops with no and you have discussed this Sean several times here talking shops nothing being done only on talk and some desperate acts of of criminality 
warmongering going on all over the world, in, in particular with China and with Russia, and then nothing been done about it, you know, only talk. And that is the position we're in internationally at that level. We're at a very low, low, low ebb. But the, and the answer to the question, I could be asked is, what do you do? Well, you, you talk is cheap, but money buys beer, and you have to be able to put out, they have huge armed forces, and it will probably take another world war to start out Russia and China. Regardless, because if if not, well then they are going to take all the water. Like now, Pat, that, that was a query there from Charlie O'Kane in a dare, and of course Tom forgot to say that they wined and they dined and they viewed a beautiful area of Cornwall and they met the 95-year-old Queen of England. So overall, it was a very pleasant outing for all concerned. Thank you, Pat, and for reminding me of my party I forgot about. And that I'm. Completely disagree with Sean. Definitely, we European Army, we are a neutral country and hope we will always have the good sense to remain so. That's from Joan and from Callagher. A neutral country, a small country, we are always neutral and she believes we should still stay neutral. We were on paper. Now, we have another one down here now. Um, regulations what do the panel think of the farmers protest last week here in Newcastle West that only Richard O'Donoghue turned out to support the them. And we have two junior ministers well paid in this area and they were nowhere to be seen. That's from John in Tornafala. They had a farmers protest here last week and drove around the town. <coughs> the local comments that I heard about it, it was quite small and not too many farmers indeed from the area at all turned up, Tom. You weren't, you turned up, Tom. No, and if not, why not, Tom? Well, I'm, a, I'm only a small farmer, and, and I'm, I, I have uh, well, a one you year. opened a small farm a bit, Tom. Yeah, but anyway. So Tom is a small farmer with a big check on payments from Europe. No, no, no. no but but I'm, I'm not th- that particular no, protest, my understanding yeah. was basically that... Uh, EU wanted to give a, a better spread of the EU funding down to smaller farmers and I think if you might contradict me Tom or correct me that the bigger farmers didn't want to spread out among the smaller ones they wanted to keep it most of it among themselves is that an element of that Tom? Well Pat I, believe, I would go along, along with you there you know it was a, this was a, something that was devised by the IFA in order to give people an idea that they were still active you know and now with, with the cap payments and the actual farm support from Europe being negotiated, negotiated at the moment, it is a, a time to show cause and show your cause, in other words. But this, the situation is that I'm totally opposed to what's happening with the, with the payments that's being given from Europe. And uh, the, the idea that, that some farmers are getting 80 and 100,000 of a single farm payment in order to invest in more land and more machinery and more houses is an absolute disgrace. 
disgrace and there's a lot of them getting there's a lot of them getting them with Limerick and that is not right I mean definitely like there should be a cap put on the cap and more about it and it should be spread out over people that, that need it and there's a lot more there's a lot more people in this country like in a bad financial state that have, that, that, that have nothing and you have big farmers and big developers and big ranchers and they're getting what's the money out of Europe and that's not right and you have companies getting a million and more time I believe in some cases that is an absolute scandal and and if you or any who want to stand up and and say look we're not for that because this is only I mean farming is is always is not you know I mean you're I mean you're always wanting to like to to be sure that the market is going to see what shows the gas prices there. But they're not they're not bad at the moment. Meat prices could be prices are alright as well. So like I mean but it won't be always like that. The important thing is fairness. And people are not entitled to get sixteen, seventeen, hundred thousand and two hundred thousand in a single farm payment. And they care who they are or what or what amount they have. Because it's not it's not right. It's not just and it's and it's an obscenity. But you see my problem with that Tom is the fact that the amount of farmers in the country is diminishing at a fierce rate. Now, people said to me, oh, it was all about you should have specialization. Specialization had meant that the amount of farmers farming is going down so much. I can walk uh, down into my own place I can look at the creamery closed in Shannon Golden, but it was a pile of suppliers. I can go to Ballyhell, I can go to Glynn. All these places are closed, but minimum implied. No, I mean, even the few farmers that are left supplying, there's so few. They are, and it's, it's crazy. Yeah, but Sean, right the, like the question there is, you see, that, uh, you know, the question is there, tomorrow morning if a farm went up for sale down in, in your area, Shannon Golden, you, 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 you'd see the, that there's still plenty of farmers around and there's still plenty of money and, you know, and you see the price to make, you know. So, so I mean, yeah, okay, there's a lot of small, small people gone and that's where they want them to be gone. Now we're getting big, we're getting farmers that had 50 cows, no they want 500 cows and they have them and 700 cows and 1000 cows and they can't get enough of them no they can't sleep at night because they don't know what it is night or day but all this 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 big stuff and they're getting hundreds of thousands from the European Union and that's the that's the question I think that's the been asked here that's not right I mean definitely that should be spread more evenly over areas like I mean people that are going to organic farming that and you know farming like in, in the beef I mean suckler farm there should be all it should be individualised more not in a common denominator the way it is if you got so much last year you'll get more this year oh, this, this, this is wrong I know men that got 120,000 what justifies that what support is that like you know that's, that's people living, living on 200 euros a week like in this country what's that is Hello, Pat. Can the panel please discuss the in-house appointments in the public service and what is going on in this area from Eilish Harding Arda, a recently retired civil servant. Are you familiar with that one? 
there was a, the in-house appointments and the public service. Yeah, there's a public service appointments commission or something there. You know, you kind of you want to be nearly civil servant to know what the titles of the, of these agencies. But it was discussed someplace. I think it was in the Dáil there, Pat, last week. You know that uh, that the, the way that they're. The, the way that they are kind of appointing themselves, you know, I mean, especially in the in the senior positions within the civil servants, like like we saw. I suppose it started off the way it started off with with what in the Department of Justice or the Department of Health they got all the money, you know. Appoint one your own. Yes, and, and appoint one your own. You see, and uh, and you see, you have you have all this. You see, this is these civil servants and local government officials, and all they're all civil. Servants. That's a club. It's directly, and they actually look after one another. And this is what this is why you're not getting the service. This is what you're not getting. You're not getting the return because it's a closed shop. And would you believe that? I'm sure Tom. They would say that that that, that, they, that they would disagree with you. That they do not look after their own. Right, of course, they would, of course, in that in that conflict as well. But the facts are not there. Like, we you have somebody that's paid to answer the phone and paid for the service, I mean, the they public, do it. and they won't do it for four days, and that, I suppose, and probably maybe 100,000 a year, like, why, you know. Why do, sorry, Tom, sorry for interrupting you all the time, but it's a habit I have. Why do they call them civil servants, do you know? Well, they want to have, they want to put manners in them, first of all, anyway. And, yeah, and that's, be the first, that's the first thing that they should do in the civil service, is to teach manners. But would you believe, I, I, it, it amazes me, and, and at times I, I, I wonder, am, am I going to conquer the head of it? Because recently, a top official in America was there, given, he was given, he really enthralling, this plan I always say was, he being a fairly senior position, like, in the planning department, right? Okay, put a lot of flesh through the ring now, an awful lot of him in his time. And <coughs> a job came up in the Midlands, Right? So he says, I love out and I'll apply for that. He says, it's all in-house, it's all a closed shop, it's all clique. And you see, they have the, if you have some kind of a rating or something, or a grade, I think they call it, you can actually then up your grade. You can move to Clare, you can move to Galway, you can move anywhere, you see, because it's all within the, within the circle. And uh, so he applied anyway for a job in the Midlands. And it, I think it was in the services department. They call them services, like the man I'm dealing with, Mr. Kirlan, services. And uh, he, he went up anyway. And the first man he met inside it always said, Boston Limerick, he was uh, one, uh, on, the, on the interview panel. Can you, can you imagine? Can you imagine they carry on what's going on in the country? Like, uh, you're Boston Limerick, and he, and he sit in a panel in the Midlands to give a fellow job. I mean, you'll wonder, I mean, this country is rotten to the core, that's what it is. And I'm sure the powers of people disagree with you on that as well, Tom. It's his happiest time. We'll go to Ned Black, we'll be back to you shortly. <laughs> County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, TOD.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views, the broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 16th of June 2021 from 9.30 to 11 p.m. 
joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan and Sean Diffley. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, listeners. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM, broadcasting from Newcastle West, your local community radio. And the phone number is 0696600 or 0871669800. This program going out live every Wednesday night from 9 o'clock until 11. Repeat at Thursday from half past 11 until 1. And that's a.m. until 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And we were discussing there from Eilish Harding. Can the panel please discuss the in-house appointments in the public service and what is going on in this area? We're not too well tuned up. It's one of those cases beat the panel, I think. So you was nearly beaten. Tom Ryan has some bit of knowledge that I'm blank myself. So Eilish and many others there who send in messages, maybe we would love to have you. You might give us a ring and you can give me a ring on 87 or the station itself at 069 we'd, we'd love to have you on the panel we'd love to have you sitting here you know how it works it's simple enough and I think you were about to say something on that Sean there and uh, in-house appointments and public service well I have in my own idea about this that you see Tom mentioned the man there a while ago and uh, it was all talk about when he was appointed or he offered that he wouldn't take the 80,000 that was due to him but he'll take it next year and he'll t- make up for what he's lost this year in it because these guys seem to be able to make up their own wages they seem to be knowing or no one in charge to say I hold it now <coughs> you're worth X amount no more and that's it but whoever is the guy responsible for deciding how much some of these guys are worth it's a disgrace because they're not worth half of it you know they don't get the job done and if they are supposed to get the job done, it is like Tom Ryan says, they're not there or they're not responsible to anybody. Now, time is moving on and we have this thing announced there by the government, which I find is absolutely unbelievable. Quarantine for arrival from people coming from England. If they haven't already been vaccinated, they'll have to spend 14 days in quarantine. So if you're coming on holidays to Ireland, you've got to go into house and stay inside for 14 days and go back to where you came from. And on the reverse, you can go to England and you can do what you like. And, of course, equally, the thing that shocks me most is that most of the people that I meet, and many I don't meet, obviously, they're all coming in through Northern Ireland. Freely in, freely out, and many dealing friends of mine, they don't go near Dublin anymore. It is all drive up to Belfast and across onto Scotland and onto England. And, and then we're listening to this nonsense. I just can't believe it, that the government... Uh, can be so blank as to putting the quarantine situation in place and yet literally almost everybody 
are going up to Belfast, crossing into Scotland, and going over and back freely without any quarantine whatsoever. Sean? Well, I can't understand why this is going on and why they should be talking about any kind of quality at this point in time. Our tourist industry are with their backs to the wall and those people having a lot of money invested in buildings and time. We should be going for some way rather than pinning people down and saying, oh, you're facing a fortnight if you go to Ireland. You know, a lockdown of a fortnight, like, on top of your holiday. You know, if you're spending a few days here, sure, that's, that's totally wrong. We, we, we should be moving towards opening up business and putting some kind of a safeguard in place because the safeguards we need, not something to keep people out of our country, totally. You know? I have been around Cork, Kilkenny and Kerry lately in Clare and I didn't see any foreign cars, I didn't see any English registered cars. The only place I see English reg registration cars are around West Limerick here and I don't see anybody literally or any tourist cars at all so we are very low on the ground. Tom, you followed what I said there about this quarantine 14 days if you come in through Dublin. Why did it cause Pat? Like it appears to be an awful mess, you know and uh, this the quarantine thing hasn't worked at all and, and anyway it went with Brian too late number one but like it's it, it's very it's an impossible it's nearly now an impossible task to organise here you know because as you said the, the, the Belfast road is being used people are not quarantined the people in, at home and 90% of the people have carried out the protocols and the regulations and they very very detrimental to their health and to everything and still now you have 10 to 20% of people and especially the friends and people like that we are talking about in West America and, and in and Clare and places like that who are coming and going as they like and not caring about any and there's no appears to be any any regulation over them or any stop being put to them either you know so like it, it's like everything else it applies to some people and you know and it doesn't apply to, to people that don't want to carry out any regulation and they're there and but it is having very serious <laughs> consequences for people with holiday homes and holiday season because obviously <coughs> the ordinary holiday men coming from England they won't be coming to Ireland no, it's a disaster it's, yeah, and yeah. Sean is right you know I mean our hotel industry our tourist industry but then again and our airline industry and the airline the, the airline section of it we had them on the last few days it does a total disaster out here with people that pilots and crew and and uh, the, the crew the service the, the planes on board and on the ground you know it's it, will it ever come back to anything like it's been you know it's uh, I can't I can't see you know they're saying it'll be tourism will be back next year I, I don't think so you know I, I might doubt it's an, it's an awful with the amount of investment that people have gone into in the hotel areas in the leisure areas you know and it's 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 you'd, you'd feel for them to like the pirate it is you know they really have a, have a hard road in front of them you know um, Hello Pat Mike from Kilmallock here could the panel debate the following is the gambling addiction taken over from drink drugs and smoking <laughs> um, it does seem to be a problem it would seem in many cases it's not that well known of course in people that have gambling addiction many people even their own family mightn't even realize it but we do hear from time to time people are going into 
sometimes commit suicide. They had created a huge amount of debt and so forth. Sean, I wouldn't be. Kind of a one. I wouldn't be inclined to think that the drinking aspect of it will always be there, because we have glorified drink in this country. You can't enjoy yourself unless you have a glass in your hand. And preferably it has to be alcohol. Now, not every fella will become very proficient at gambling. Now, some of the stuff is high tech because I wouldn't certainly be dabbling with my phone trying to get on a bit on something. I'm old-fashioned like that. I'd like my day at the Lishtor races or at Galway races, and I want to see the fella I'm betting with. I want to see him there and he's shouting his head off. Just part of the old buzz. So I think that the fellas who are playing with their phones and putting on bets, I don't think, I don't think they'll ever take off from the drink aspect of it. It will cost as much to repair, though. If somebody has a gambling addiction, it's a silent thing, really. If they're drinking, you can see them falling. If they're gambling, you don't see anything till it's too late. Pat, it's a huge, it's, it's a massive problem. You know, it's a, it's out of control now, and it's controlled by the super wealthy. There's one woman uh, in England. She owns a betting company. Or she's involved in it. Three hundred. I think she, 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 her pay last year was six hundred fifty million. The frightening six hundred fifty million is what she got at the end of the year and uh, now it's as Sean has rightly said all on the phone I was talking to a few people lately I often back in our house myself uh, and I'd be meeting friends and betting offices and talking to them which is a kind of a social thing and I, but really and truly it's gone out of control now because it's everything it's golf it's hurling football racing to, uh, uh, snooker and everything is all betting on every kind of activity I've ever known 24 hours a day 7 days a week 365 days a year it's unbelievable the amount of, of money that's been spent and you know it's they have a huge lobby pet they have their they, they, the companies that are running the betting industry have a massive lobby and you know it's not right we have no betting regulator in the country we're looking for him for the last 10 years nearly now and it's 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 in the in the pipeline we're told didn't get that won't make any difference there bro it'll, it'll only be a charade a kind of a camouflage as everybody said that's all that'll be but it's all control and the worry factor is it goes in now to even to the lotters the draws buying the cards and all that kind of stuff and women now are the, uh, are the big attraction at home and young people I mean it would frighten you really frighten you and the one aspect of it is and where are they are breaking the law because there, there is uh, what you call I think a special time that you can't actually bet like before is it the water what they call it the, the, the water mark or something water shed time water nine, shed nine time. o'clock or something yes time. now yeah. if you turn on the races and ask this week in, in our maybe I should be given this right title Royal Ascot and uh, they're, they're all the companies are advertising they're sponsoring the actual 
programs and RTE and, and, and on the racing channels. Like I, I don't think RTE have Ascot, but whatever they have, the local they sponsor. One of the big companies are sponsoring that. So they have a huge hold. They have a huge grip, and it's an absolute disgrace. The how it's not regulated by our national broadcasting and our and our media. The money that's been spent and handed out to them is frightening. So that'll tell you the amount of money that they're raking in. And of course, our multi-billionaires and all our, 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 our tax-free exiles, they're all in, into the gambling, and that's what the money is supposed to be. Now, now uh, hello, Pat. The IFA doesn't... Don't, the IFA doesn't represent a smaller farmer and any politician who attended that protest only shows that he that person also was rep, re, representing the larger farmer. That's a comment there from John in Temple Glantine. And the pet hate of mine and Tom doesn't agree with me, I think, in the past. Uh, I have been watching and listening before we got a television, them nearly before we got a radio indeed, for that matter as well. And uh, every Sunday night at 11 o'clock, we used to tune in as children, listen to the beautiful tones of Sean Ogle Kellecorn, and he gave us the fighting cocks, Buffers Alley, Chum Stars, and wonderful, wonderful names all over the country, Longford Slashers, um, wonderful names, wonderful place, places, and indeed, it's one of the ways we found out about different towns and different counties in Ireland. They give big matches, small matches, juvenile matches, the whole lot of the results. And then we had the wonderful voice, will we ever forget it, the beautiful tones of Michal O'Hare. And in more later years, then we had Michal O'Hare. But of recent times, the game has changed. Football became handball. Hurling became a, a game of runners, runners with and without the ball. And the Sean O'Callaghan and Michal O'Hare and Michal O'Murkohokatees have been placed by people who never caught a hurling in their lives and never played senior hurling in the championship for any club or county. And I'm referring to the ladies' department. Seems to be everything now seems to be fronted by women, and I'm sure some women would attack me for saying so. I suppose you're not, I'm not even allowed to say that anymore. But if it was a men's game, I would have thought men should be involved in it. And there are wonderful hurlers, fabulous players from many counties and we don't hear or see them they're gone by the wayside and we're pushed out to have people who wouldn't have the experience or involvement in the games in which they are talking about agree or disagree gentlemen our listeners and the same in soccer tonight I just went to somebody's house and the, the lady who was sporting in our tea it was another lady was sitting there with two former soccer Liam Brady and Duffy I think was the other fellow's name End my piece. That moment silence was brought to us. Tom? Yes. <coughs> Sean, if he lost his voice there. You have evoked great memories there, Pat, now tonight. And uh, you're all really getting very nostalgic about uh, what you've said about uh, about the people like me all here, Sean O'Callaghan. You're dead right. It was an education in location and parish and all over the country. It's a wonderful time. And, uh, you know, it was a wonderful time for the games as well, you know, and to be honest about it, and to mention me all 
Hertiges was. I miss Hertiges a couple of times. One of the Ireland's greatest gentlemen and quality as a girl's is his character and what he has done for for Ireland is unbelievable. You know, we all here before him and John O'Callaghan. They were legends, like an air legends, and and long that we have Michael Murray And in saying that, we have like a couple of broadcasters and maybe like commentators coming. We have Mel, we have Mel Keaveney from Skeet and Mel is a very good commentator, and so is Martin Kiley. He's he's now doing a good lot of work for RT so as a girl broadcasting the matches and they're they're uh, they're male you know we haven't any we haven't any female commentators yet but at least like you're talking about the actual the the people that make up the RT panels Pat uh, that's a clique Pat RT like are an absolute close shop it's controlled by a few people there and uh, there is you know you're right what you said there are plenty uh, plenty of people that should be have a voice and should get an opportunity and I've written about this in the mail on numerous occasions even no later than last week but looking at it and sizing up Pat RT appeared to have a lot of power and control, you know, behind the scenes. And I noticed now that a few of my articles, like, were a little sanitised when they came down to the National Broadcasting Authority no later than last week as well. And I'm looking into that at the moment myself. But you mean your column was edited? Changed, is it? Yes, you know, yes, to a point, like, water down, we say, like, you know, and to be honest about it, Pat... I couldn't understand that, Tom. Yeah, <laughs> I know you couldn't, but, but I find it hard. I don't want it. I, I want to, you know, if I'm writing an issue... It's I, controlling, I be, yeah. Uh, because I know that what you said about RT, like, it is a toe shop. There is nobody, there's no alternative voice there. We're listening to, uh, to these uh, highly paid, like, people that are on there on, on, on the Sunday game. No, I have no interest in football because you couldn't look at football and Holling is going on the same road now. Holling is in a precarious state and that's, they're terribly worried about it now. But like that, but it, they're, all, they're all jumping now on the bandwagon. Something has to be done. And what you said, Pat, about the people that are giving their opinion there and especially, I mean, the women like who, who are not, couldn't be familiar with, with the actual fact with the game as such. But you see, there's a thing called gender quota now and that appears to have paralysed the decision making within RT as well and uh, I, I certainly am hugely disappointed with the, with the actual makeup of the panels in RT they're an absolute close shop and, in, and as you rightly said Pat all these programs people think that they, that's off the cuff of sunlight. that's not off the cuff at all that's all rehearsed they're in the studio all day and on all those debates that they have amongst themselves which is about not anyway because there's no one there to contradict them there's no one there to challenge them you know and to listen to your man that that Derek McGrano he must have swallowed a dictionary or something like that he jaw crunches words you wouldn't even hardly able to understand him I'd say he hardly able to understand himself to be honest about it and now there's a few more women and it's true I agree with you they're not up to it like as simple as that and we have to call this spade now Sean did you recover from my outburst there you were kind of silent there yeah I agree with you in most things that you're saying my biggest problem is that for some reason for a good few years there they started to go away from guys who had actually played the game you know 
when there lately there was a program on Christy Ring. How many times has Christy Ring ever used, and he was one of the greatest and most proficient men that ever stood in a, a field? And I'd be saying, how come they haven't an awful lot more uh, reels of uh, recordings that this man done? Where were the dials and all these guys from Tipperary? Where were the classes and all these fellas that played in Limerick going back for years? And um, I used to have a very good friend who was a, a great man in his time. He was a pilot in Limerick in the harbour there. And we'd often talk about these things. And I said to him, were you ever asked for a comment? Oh, God, no, he said. And I can't understand why these people who played 20 and 30 years ago, you know, I'd be waiting for the day, I'd say, well, maybe Pat Hartigan might appear on something. Or maybe, maybe the Fitzmorrises might even be asked. Or is it the fact now that, or Timmino Priest, you can't did Tom, did Tom put his finger on it when he said his gender quota, gender balance? Oh, yeah, you can be sure of that. Yeah. And that's but why don't you stick to, why don't you let the men do the presenting of the programme and leading the programme and let the lady sit in the panel and you'd have still a gender balance, would you not? Yeah, I suppose you would. But, but, but you see, that going to happen? I mean, the main thing is, is like, is even what about the gender balance? What about the ladies? And the, I mean, what's this? Her name is, is it Jackie? That's a son right now. Jackie Hurley is Now, she's very knowledgeable now. And she's really, she's also censored, like, I mean, by the, by the producers or by the, the, the faceless people that are there. You know, she has a good knowledge and she does put the questions. I mean, she said no last week she was going to have a debate about hurling. So I said, God, this is interesting. Who's going to come on? As you rightly said, John, who's going to be on now? But who's going to be on now? The same crew that said every night, said the same, giving out the same old tripe about, oh, it is great. We have to play the modern game and we have to, you know, we have to have fellas like with big muscles and we have to have the GPSs in our back and all this. And the modern, but the modern game now has collapsed and so they're terribly worried now about the state of it. And uh, so, like, she asked a question last week, and in, in, earlier on now, I, I, give, I have to give her credit now for this. She asked a question because I wasn't any fan of Mr. Lester, because either when he was there, you see, they have all their own pals. They're, 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 I, I like, the, like politics, and people can say I was here against everything. But I mean, when you know the situation, you see, when you're, in, when you're involved, when you deal with these people, you know it, and it's a good job. But at the same time, she asked a question to Anthony Daly. Daly's answer was given, but the question wasn't given at all. You know, like he, 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 when when the piece came on, he was talking like, and I mean, and this all rehearsed, like during the day. And there's no one going to rock the boat. It is out the question she was asking. Yes, you, you, you yeah. see, he was answering, but but you didn't know the question that, the question. that he was answering. So all this, so, so, so you have they're edited, and they're. Rehearsed. So it is only a pure, phony job. A mock is Tom, you were a hurling man for many years. When did you last hear anyone shouting in from the sideline, will you mark your man? 
Well, there was a famous. <laughs> there was a f- pulling it. There was a famous yeah, man. There was a famous saying in Barry Brown, which was always said, "Macho men draw lines." Well, the point about it is that 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 is a fact. Like gone, you know. And, and, oh. I, and I remember one once, you know, we're talking about a lot of maybe things, maybe a few things are no less. But I remember one time uh, we were playing Fedemore, and it was a very enthusiastic Fedemore mentor on the sideline, and he was shouting, "The pole is hardly." What he meant? What he meant by that? No, that's so. I mean, it's absolutely the whole thing is now is changed. Hurling is they're in a very precarious place. It's a heritage game, moral heritage game. But I'm afraid that uh, I mean, my idea of it and, uh, and the people that are on television, there's a serious now. Difference. Just one last comment. We're up on top of the clock, and there was a message in here. George says, No computer system. I was just looking to find it after clicking buttons. And this is from Paul of Paul O'Brien of Croke and he said so what Pat if people want to have a bet it's their own business if they were drinking and smoking you would be cribbing about that too Paul of O'Brien Croke well we would Paul if we feel Tom Ryan and I are two teetotals I don't know about Sean Diffley Oh, he's yeah. not but Tom and I are teetotalers and uh, we, drinking of course is alright so uh, drinking in, in excess is not good for your pocket is not good for your health and is not good if you're driving and equally smoking uh, the packet says uh, smoking kills and not good for your health either so that would be the reason we'd be think we're in order to say that it's not recommended but the gambling Sean or Paul Paul the gambling Gambling, I do know of people who gambled a lot, gambled more than what they had, and at the end of the day, they just went and committed suicide because they couldn't cope with the financial situation they went into. So silent betting can be dangerous. Now, again, like drink, if it's done, uh, if you, uh, a few euros here, a few euros there, but people spend, if you're spending more than you have, then it's serious. That is the reason for that. So, Paul, we thank you for your comment anyhow. And also thank the, the large number of people who sent in messages tonight. And as we said, we would love if any of you, plus anyone else listening, would like to come on the panel. You can contact me at 087-99-77340. And it, it's very noticeable that so few people do ring us up to come on the panel. Maybe they don't like Tom Ryan, or maybe or like me or something like that. But there are the numbers, folk, 06966200, want to come on. Jason has two fingers waving and he says time is up. So my sincere thanks to the panel tonight, Sean Diffley and Tom Ryan and Jason, of course, for doing a wonderful job there every night, Wednesday night. And we'll be back to you again next Wednesday evening. So in the meantime, take care. 102 FM. You've just been listening to the podcast of County Views, as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 16th of June 2021 from 9.30 to 11 p.m. Sean Diffley, join Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan for the discussion. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.